Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Amen. Father, we just open our hearts to you today and to your word. I think that your word is life unto those that find them in health to all their flesh. Your words are spirit and life. They bring life. They give life. They impart life. I thank you for the life that's in us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to share with you for a while this morning on the topic of holiness. God is a holy God. He's called his people to be a holy people. But I think holiness for a lot of people is... Uh, it's not something that's particularly attractive, and I think I want to, I want to try to change that today. Because I think if we see holiness for what it really is, we'll see it as being very attractive, something that we should, something that we should desire, something that we should want. In Hebrews chapter twelve, I'll start there this morning. Hebrews chapter twelve. In verse 14, pursue peace, <clears throat> excuse me, pursue peace with all men and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. My Bible says sanctification. It's the same word. It means to be set apart for God. But the Bible says we're supposed to pursue peace and we're supposed to pursue holiness without which no man will see the Lord. Holiness is, uh, it's not an option for me. It's something that God commands. The Bible says we are a holy God is a holy God, and he expects us to be a holy people. Peter said that we are a holy race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We're different. We're not the, we've got a new spirit in us. We've got, see, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive, that's what he is, he's a Holy Spirit. And when, he, when that spirit gets in me, he begins to conform me to the will, of, to the character of Christ, to the, to the person that God wants me to be, holy in thought, word and deed. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm sorry, chapter 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. It says, therefore having these, verse 1, therefore having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Having precious, what promises? 
Well, we just back up a little bit, back up a couple of verses. You know, I was thinking, Paul, Paul wrote letters. You know, we, for, for study purposes, they, 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 when they wrote the Bible, they wrote it in chapter and verse. And that's wonderful for studying, for going to reference, to find a particular scripture. But it's a, it's a letter. It's not like, it's supposed to flow. So all I have to do is back up a little bit to a couple of verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and start in verse 17. The Apostle Paul says, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch the unclean thing, and I'll welcome you, and I'll be a father to you, and you will be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Come out from among them and be separate. And therefore, having these promises of God being a father to us, if we come out from the world, we separate ourselves from the world, from the things of the world, from the, from the way the world thinks, the way the world acts. If we'll separate ourselves and God will be our father. And therefore, having these promises, we, we need to cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. In truth, if we see holiness for, for what it really is, hopefully we can see it in a whole new light. Something that's very positive, something that's desirable, something that's attractive, something that's worth attaining, something that's worth pursuing. But holiness is spiritual beauty. The Bible says in Chronicles and in Psalms, we're to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Holiness is, is spiritual beauty. When God sees holy, a holy people, he sees us as beautiful because we're being like him. It's not a popular subject. But it's, it's critical to our walk with God. In Proverbs 29 and verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. In King James, the people are cast off or cast off restraint or they perish. Interesting, the word for vision there, it doesn't mean something we see with our physical eyes. It really means, it means a, revel, a revelation given to you by God. It speaks of something internal. You know, like, where, where do I see myself going? Where do I see myself doing? In, internal vision. Without vision, without purpose, people kind of just wander aimlessly, kind of just flowing with whatever uh, happens to come your way. But we're supposed to see ourselves as a holy people. God changing us into his image. But holiness to me, holiness sometimes is, is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's, uh, it's not something that's very attractive to people because they see it as something legalistic. You know, like holiness is, first, holiness is not, is not a set of rules. Let me put it that way. Walking after God, it's not a set, it's, it's something inside that causes us to be like, causes us to want to be like Jesus. To think like he would think, to speak like he would speak, to act like he would act. A lot of this, I've I've met people who who and I'm not uh, I got to be careful because I'm I'm not criticizing holiness churches 
But I've seen holiness become very legalistic. It's like a set of rules. You know, women can't wear, can't cut their hair. They have to wear long dresses. They can't wear makeup. You can't, you know, we don't drink. We don't smoke. We don't. And, it's, and you follow all these rules and, you, and you're holy. But that's, it, that's all external. And external living doesn't make you holy. Because on the inside, you can be full of criticism and bitterness and greed and envy. I mean, you can be, you can be wretched on the inside, and yet on the outside, you're living on. That's the way the Pharisees were in Jesus' day. Outside, they were very righteous, but they were, they were, they were like whitewashed tombs, the Bible says. So God wants us to be holy in thought, word, and deed, but we, we should want to be. That's the key. We should want to be holy. We should want to be the people that God calls to be because those are the people that God can use, that God wants to use. Holiness needs to be, needs to be something that's motivating, excuse me, that's motivating us from within. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul talks about athletes how they discipline themselves. In verse 24, it says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one, excuse me, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, the Apostle Paul says, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my my body. I buffet, the King James says, I buffet my body. I make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. The Apostle Paul says, my body's not going to rule me. By my spirit, I'm going to rule my spirit's going to rule, not my body. My internal, my spirit, the spirit inside me is going to rule, not, the, not my physical body. And athletes do it for, they, do, they discipline themselves for a natural reward. They see themselves standing on a, on a platform somewhere, receiving a medal or whatever. We should be disciplining our, ourselves for a spiritual reward. I know this is not, this is not a, a fun message, but it's, it's a critical message. It's a very important message. And, I'm, and it's working on me as much as anybody. I, I, I'm really trying to give myself wholly to God, to be the person that God's called me to be. Paul, the Apostle Paul said, I buffet my body. I make it my slave. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is talking about the husband-wife relationship. And he's liking it to Christ in the church. And it says that Christ is coming back for a church that's holy and spotless, without blame. The word, <clears throat> the word glory, he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. <coughs> and the word glory there means it's, it's a weight. It speaks of something, have something, something that affects your senses. God's presence was strong the, the church is supposed to be a glorious church a church full of the glory of God permeated with the presence of God so for a lot of people 
for, for many in the body of Christ, we have to give to get a fresh vision. When we come to, we, you know, uh, how do I say this? For many people, because we, we grew up in denominational churches, what we're used to is you come to church, you sit, you sing, you, you get preached to, you give some money, and you go home. But it's, it's the same thing every week. I've heard people complain about, like, certain denominational churches, that their, their services are the same every week. Well, basically, our services are the same every week. I want, I, want the, I want the presence of God to move. I want the presence of God to be manifested. I want signs and miracles to happen. I want, I want the spirit to move in our midst. But in order for that to happen, we have to come with a different mindset. It's a, I'm, I'm sitting here, and here's the pastor, and he's going to preach, and I'm going to receive, and we're going to go home. But we need to see ourselves as the body of Christ. We're coming together. It's like a, it's like a team. Now, a team has a coach, and I might be the coach, but we're, we're all players in this thing. Coming together with God. Coming together and saying, God, here I am. If, if you want to use me today to give a word, I'll give it. If you want to use me today to touch somebody's life, I'll do it. I'm coming, I'm coming as a part of a group of people, that we, and we're pulling on you, God, to show up. For your glory to be in our midst. For your spirit to manifest in our midst. For your presence, for your anointing to be here. That's what I want. I'm hungry for it, God, in Jesus' name. And we're coming together as a family, loving one another, touching one another, but living, living the life that God wants us to live, a wholly separated people, different from the world. We're not selfish. We're not self-centered. We're loving. We're giving. We're forgiving. We're the people that God's called us to be. Attending church is supposed to be uplifting, empowering, not, not routine or boring. And I'm just praying, God, help us to be... Help, help us to have fresh life in our services when we come together. The church should be a place where the glory of God is manifested. Where, we, where God touches us and reveals to us his plan, his purpose for our life. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, God disciplines us for our good, that we might share his holiness. So that when, when God works on us as individuals... He begins to correct some things in our lives, things that need to change. He's doing it for our good. He's a holy God, and he wants us to be holy like him. In Isaiah chapter 6, and verse 1, In Isaiah 6, it says, in the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. I tell you, what, what, what evokes a response from the, heaven, the heavenly beings? It says also in Revelation, the living creatures are crying out day and night, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. God is so holy and pure and righteous that you, you, 
when you get around them, you can't you can't help but just oh, it just comes out of you. You can't stop it. You declare His holiness. When Isaiah saw the Lord, he said, "Woe is me!" Then then listen. And the foundations of the threshold and the voice of him who called out while the temple was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I'm ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips and I'm living among a people of unclean lips. When he got in the presence of God, he, he, felt, he felt, I don't know for a better word, he felt dirty, felt unclean. This, this, is, this, is, not a, this is not a reprobate, some sinner. He, this is a prophet of God, a, a holy man. But he gets in the presence of God. He feels he feels like a sinner. You remember remember when, when when Jesus got in Peter's boat and spoke, and then he sent him out for a catch. He came back with all those fish. What's the first thing he said? He said, "Depart from me, Lord. Why? Because I'm a sinful man." He wasn't a he was just, he was just an ordinary guy. He wasn't some reprobate criminal. But in the presence of Jesus, he felt like he just felt like a sinful man. God is so holy that when you get around him, you you, you understand. How, how impure we are and how pure he is. But God wants us to come up higher. In Job chapter 1. You know, twice in Job chapter 1, God said, Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on all the, on, on all the, in all the earth. He was the most righteous man on the planet. Now, I don't know who God could say that about today, but it's not me. But he was the most righteous man on the planet. And, and then all this happens with Job. And God finally reveals himself much, much, almost near the end of the book. God reveals himself to Job. And Job says what? Job says, I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. He felt like Isaiah. He felt, he felt unclean in the presence of God. The elders in heaven fall on their faces and worship him because he's holy. I wonder how many, in the scripture we read this earlier in Hebrews, it says we're to pursue holiness. I wonder how many people are really pursuing holiness, uh, are, are concerned, you might say, are endeavoring to, uh, to go after it, to be, to be more holy, to, to consciously working to be more holy. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that we're to present our bodies a holy sacrifice. Here's some other scriptures. Let me just read a few more scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. The temple of God is holy. That's the people. Not, he's not talking about a physical temple. He's talking about a spiritual temple made up of the, of the people of God. The temple of God is holy and that is what you are. Ephesians 2.21, in whom? In Jesus, the whole building, the saints. In Jesus, the saints are being fitted together, growing into a holy temple in the Lord. Colossians chapter 1, he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him, before the Father, holy and blameless and beyond reproach. And First Peter says that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, a peculiar people, a special people. And First John chapter three talks about waiting for the Lord to come. It says, "Beloved, now we are children of God, 
and it does not yet appear as what we will be. But we know when, when he appears, when Jesus comes back, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him, waiting for his return, waiting for him to come back to, re, to claim his church. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself as he is pure. All of us who are waiting for Jesus to come back should be working on our holiness, getting ready for him so that we can be as holy as we can be when he comes back. So I ask myself, do I see holiness as something desirable, something attractive, something beautiful, something worth having, something worth going after? Do I see people walking in holiness and want to be like them? I think too many times we see holiness as, uh, as restrictive, making our life uh, boring, uh, prudish. But it's a secret to a relationship with God. It's a secret to the blessings of God. It's a secret to the power and the anointing of God. Because God will not pour out his spirit on carnal people. I don't want to be carnal. I don't want God to pass me by. I want, to live, I want to be living a holy, righteous life before him, loving him with my whole heart so that he can use me in a greater way. I've had words that say God has taken my whole life to get me where I am because he's ready to do something with me. I said, fine, God, do what you will. But I'm going to be, I want to be healed in Jesus' name. I want to live a long life and I want to do, what, I want to do the things that God's called me to do. I want to be the person first that he's called me to be. Most important is for me to, to walk after him with all my heart in holiness and uprightness all the days of my life. See, holiness is like a beautiful, it's like a beautiful piece of, in the spirit, God, it's like a beautiful piece of clothing that you put on and it, the, just the way it makes you look, you, you have to have it. I remember one time I was watching this video it's a couple of guys. They said, we want to find out. Uh, maybe this doesn't apply that much. But they said, we want to find out uh, about men's suits. Is a tailor-made suit really that much better than an off-the-rack suit? So they went to a, a, a store like Nordstrom's or someplace like that, a, a, a nice department store, and they bought a suit off the rack, and they tried it on, and it was nice. Then they went to a place where, um, like a men's store, or when you buy a suit, they, they, they check the shoulders, they, they check the sleeves, they check the girth. They, they do a lot of alterations. And they put that suit on, he said, whoa, this is really different. This is, look, look at the way it looks. Look at the way it fits. It's so much nicer than that one off the rack. Then they went to a tailor and had one tailor made for like six grand or something like that. It was a ridiculous price. But when they put it on, the guy was like, he's blown out of the water. It's like the material, the way it fits. He said, I gotta have the suit. I don't know what the material was, but it was an awesome material. And the way they made it, I mean, it fit just perfect, perfect, perfect. And I thought that's the way holiness, holiness, when you put it on, it's like in the eyes of God, it makes us so beautiful, it makes us so attractive. God wants us to be holy people.
not giving in to the things of the world. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians, there should be no coarse jesting and things like that. But we're a pure people, a holy people, loving God and living in holiness before him all the days of our life. It's what I want. I pray it's what everyone wants. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord, the Bible says in Psalm 24. Who may ascend unto the hill of the Lord, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. You shall be holy, for I am holy, says the Lord. Father, I thank you you've called us. You've redeemed us. You've forgiven us of our sins and given us of your spirit. You are a holy God. And you're calling us to be a holy people. We desire holiness, Lord. We want to walk in holiness before you all the days of our lives. That you could use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.